I have a friend that lost a child. I'm not downplaying that people go through really shitty chapters, but I want to help you see that through my intuition. I see your next page. I would love to explore with you a little bit around this concept of imposter syndrome. But I made a promise to myself that when I got back on my feet, I would pay it forward. But embrace those unique gifts too. Not just find it, but embrace them and yeah. don't let anybody tell you that that's not your gift. Why do you believe that you are an imposter in the ways that you will allow yourself to give yourself grace? I have a business and I'm about be helping people be their best. Some days I feel like a hypocrite because I'm not my best. For every time we get hit, every time we feel disconnected, every time we feel unworthy, we create this layer of pain. For every layer of pain, we get this layer of mm -hmm. armor. You know what we do here by now. We jump in, we love to tell the real stories. We love to get to truth because we know that's what alleviates suffering for all of us. When we can connect to other people's truth, other people's stories and shorten our own curve to our own learning. Today, we've got an amazing guest with us and we were recently connected. She jumped on my live show and just absolutely brought the fire and I knew that it was time to sit down with her. Her concept and understanding in life just really about how everything is linked together and how we can use so many elements of the chains of our lessons of life to continue to grow. There's fascinating stories within this journey. There's individuals and people with which she's learned and gathered information from. And I'm just really excited to be able to feature her for you today. So Jenna, it's nice to have you here Thank today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here and dive in further. I am always interested in the only question that I ask every single guest, which is that's how I've introduced you a little bit about how I've seen you. You're a warrior, you're a mother, you're all of these things, but who are you in your words? Yeah. So I, I definitely would describe myself as some, my purpose is to give back. And I found that through my business, but I like, it's my weakness too, is finding the best in others. I see the best in others. So it's my strength and my weakness. So I'm definitely somebody that finds purpose in giving back. I feel like that's why I'm here. And if you're not doing good in life, then what are you doing? You know? What does giving back mean to you? Well, I never used to give back. I mean, I mean, I've always been a giver, but I, I found myself in this sales role where it was like, I was crushing it, making a ton of money, but I felt like my purpose wasn't there. So giving back means to me, and I'll dive into how we do that, obviously, with the business, but bringing out somebody else's unique gifts. And we all have them, even if you haven't found it yet, but it's making others see their highest potential. When did you discover your unique gifts? Well, I think that's a day to day thing. And I think you're always discovering, you know, you know, unique <laughs> gifts as I agree. it was in 2014. So I went through a really hard time. I moved down to South Florida. I was engaged at the time and my father was sick with lung cancer. And so my father passed away two days after that. A guy that I was engaged to was like, I don't really know how to be there for you. It broke off the engagement. And then I lost a family friend who was very close to me. It was like a boom, boom, boom. And I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know anybody down here. What do I do? I knew I needed to put my mental health first. I had no idea what I was going to do, but I have family and my, now I call them my links in life, but my support was back in Columbus, Ohio and Pennsylvania area. So I left. And I mean, I had 
so much student loan debt. I've always paid for my own bills, but I knew that I needed to make that leap. And I made a promise to myself on that drive um, with no radio on, mind you, in deep thought, like embarrassed. You know what I mean? What am I going to tell people? What is my story? I don't know it. But I made a promise to myself that when I got back on my feet, I would pay it forward. And it was about three and a half years later is when I was riding my bike I was ticked off because the chain fell off and it broke. And I looked down, you know, probably cursing at the time. And I had this epiphany, the symbolism of links and connection while being broken hit me. And our mission was set that day. So that's how I started my jewelry business. I realized I could make charms out of the broken bike links. Our mission is to find strength by linking with others. And we do that, of Mm. course, through our jewelry links. I have one on now. I always have it on. But we do that through the verb of linking is story sharing. So we have a blog and you can go on there. And with each link that you purchase, you get a story um, and it links back to our blog. So we link with our the noun is the you know, wearing our jewelry to, as a reminder that you're not alone, but through through story sharing as well. So I think on that, sorry, I, you notice I jump on that drive and then three and a half years later, it was always stirring in my head to find like a way to to find my purpose and to find how I was going to help. And it was a long three and a half years. You know what I mean? It didn't come to me right away, but I was ready for that door to open when that epiphany, I guess you could call it that aha moment happened when I looked down at the chain. But I'd say that that was the biggest, oh my gosh, I found my purpose in life. You know what I mean? But it took a while to get there. How old were you when that happened? All right. It would have been 2000. Well, because I worked on it for a year and a half before I launched it. So I would have been about 33. Just turned 33. Beautiful. Yep. I really appreciate that you're able to, with such clarity, talk about how you didn't even start to find your purpose in life until you were in your early 30s. It's awesome that you say that too, because mine, I was, my father, in May, I was about to turn 30. So I, and it was like, I was supposed to be married in June. You know what I mean? And I wanted children and you know what I mean? So it's like, right. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I'm supposed to be married and starting my life next month. And now I'm starting over with nothing. So yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a hard thing, but I'm like, that's why I tell everybody too. I'm like, sure. I understand you can have babies physically, you know what I mean? As you get older. And, but I do think that some people find their purpose at 60 and 70 and you know what I mean? And you're, and I feel like I'm always shifting gears on different ways that I can help people. I know that I'll have a link for a long time. But I, you know what I mean? I might spin off and do other things when I'm 50, 60 and just, you know what I mean? When I, when I get my next aha moment. Well, again, I, I, I called attention to that because I think that, you know, I look at myself and I look at my path, my trajectory. I look at so many people that we mentor and develop and so many that are in their late teens, early twenties. Right. And really so many who have this like major desire to like have it all figured out. I was one of them. Right. And I mean, I'm 38 now and I'm still figuring out a ton of stuff. Right. I mean, it's, I've been on a journey of self-discovery for over a decade, but I found myself lost in many different positions. And yet the narratives of the world are almost still consistent with like, you got to have it, you got to grow up fast. You have to figure it all out. You have to have everything dialed and centered and Yet so many people don't figure it out until their thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties. Yeah. But I think it's that curiosity and that desire to continue to, you know, learn more, grow more, explore more that puts us in a position to be able to do that. Give us a little bit of perspective on what got you to age 30. 
right? If you're now all of a sudden discovering your purpose, give us a little bit of an understanding of your childhood, your life before that, and maybe some of the things that took you further away from your purpose in that it's time. It's so funny you say that because now I'm like, hey, let's talk about anything. There's no limits. Like, let's be real and vulnerable. And I was never like that. <laughs> So I was raised mm. in a middle-class family, working hard, you know what I mean? Like I was raised with a lot of love, but I, my grandmother like watched us growing up and she passed away my junior year and my parents divorced the following month. And then I went to college. Like I didn't even tell my, uh, my family. And then I kind of struggled with an eating disorder just because I was depressed because all this stuff was going on. And then people were like, oh wow, you look so good. You lost weight. It was again, that rabbit hole, like boom, 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 boom. And I realized by being closed, my, I was, you know, now I'm like, oh, my links and support and let's talk about it. I was the exact opposite at that time. And it got me nowhere. You know what I mean? I was like rabbit holing with all these negative emotions. And I was, went to college and I was wild the first year because my parents were just freshly divorced and no one knew what was ever going on. It was like, I don't like this, Jenna. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like this secret keeping. So it's like, I think I, I transitioned like later in life to be like more open and it, and I'm still doing that. You know what I mean? It's a learning curve, but I was as far as like who I am today and like sharing stuff and being open and my feelings, I was a hard shell of armor and you weren't getting through and I, it didn't get me anywhere. So, I mean, I think that's maybe why I went on, you know, completely the other end. Like you're so open. You just, I wish I was like that. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I was never like that. I was a, a hard shell that was hard to break. I came across as very like, I want to say brash, but just stubborn, definitely never cold, but just very closed off in a way, you know? I really appreciate even the use of the word armor. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a concept that we teach deeply because I genuinely believe 99% of the times the areas in our lives that we're protecting ourselves, we're actually disconnecting ourselves from being seen and understood from having connection at the level that we want from really understanding ourselves. And by the way, your path is no, not different than many other high performers, right. right? We learned how to operate intellectually. We learned how to set our mindset and mental toughness, but then it really didn't penetrate below the neck. We learned how to receive validation, love connection, sometimes even through performance, because that's how we operate. And so I really appreciate the armor because I believe that we all experience pain in life. And for every time we get hit, every time we feel disconnected, every time we feel unworthy, right? In any number one of the negative low frequency emotions, we create this layer of pain. For every layer of pain, we get this layer of armor, and mine was right? And the layer of armor is designed, exactly. Uh, my mind was the same way. It's, you know, I can sit here today and tell you that my wife and I have been together for 17 years. We hid from each other for mm -hmm, 14 mm -hmm. of them. And she's only felt emotionally safe with me for 18 to 24 months. The reason I say all that is when I shut off physical pain because it exceeded my ability to cope, I shut off mental pain, emotional pain, and spiritual yep. pain. When did you start realizing that you were so armored and disconnected? <sighs> and what did the initial journey of reconnecting to your emotions and vulnerability look like? For when you? it was, because it rabbit holes, right? It's like, I feel like for me, it was like divorce. And then, oh, I'm going to go out drinking because I'm going to deal with the pain. And then it's like, well, I didn't even eat today. So then I'm hammered off of nothing. And and, and then it's like, <laughs> it was like this spiral. And I think that's how a lot of things go. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's break it. Like if I would have went to therapy maybe and talked about my family's divorce, maybe I wouldn't have spiraled down. So it's like, I realized it probably, I would say I was in a bad relationship too. And my 
sophomore year of, you know, that's what happens when you go out drinking all the time. It was like just a bad relationship is when it was sophomore ish junior year of college. I was like, this is just, this is getting me nowhere. And that's when I started to, I remember like went to a therapist and was like, she's like, you are like a, nobody ever saw like what was inside. I was telling her all this stuff. I'm like, I haven't shared that with anybody. There was this complete other side of me that you got a glimpse of. And that was it. So it's like, I think that I realized it really like throughout college, looking back in hindsight, like I noticed, I didn't see the, like the rabbit hole at the time. And so then when it was like, wow, you look, when it rains, it pours. When I went through that in 2014, it was like, all right, are you going to go back to Columbus and rab like, you know what I mean? Or are you going to learn something from this? And it was hard. I'm not saying it wasn't. Everyone's like, how do you turn down that noise? I'm like, or turn it off. And I'm like, you don't ever turn it off. It turns up and it tur- you can turn it back down. You know what I mean? You work on that. But that's when I was like, I will not go down that spiral again. It's like, I'm going to work on myself and learn something from this. I mean, of course I miss my dad, but it's like that whole situation. It's like, what can you learn from this? And that's how my business is literally built off of my, my struggle, you know? So it's like, mm-hmm. that would be my advice to anybody. It's like, break it break it, whatever you need to do, whether it's therapy or just realizing the bad thing that happened and try to make a better situation out of it before you end up somewhere that it's like, how in the hell did I even get here? You know what I mean? You don't want to be in that. You don't want to be in that place. You can still come out of it like I did, but it's like, let's, let's break that before you get there. You know, life is full of lessons. If we're paying attention, that's one of the core things we teach individuals is to pause long enough to become aware of the lessons they can extract from their stories. So they can become intentional in moving through them in the future, right? And you talk so much about the power of storytelling, the importance of it, why it's important to even do in a group capacity to be able to help each other with transference and transformation. You've gone through this discovery period. You're starting to unpack pieces. You're getting clarity on yourself. When did you start to realize the power of story and actually telling your own? So it was a transition. So I used to have, like, I started my e-commerce site and I hired like a business coach. She's like, you don't have a founder story. I'm like, I don't want to share my founder story. Nobody gives a shit. And I switched gear. Except that everybody does. I'm like, oh, my dad. (laughs) And this is like, I I felt almost like, woe is me. You know what I mean? And and then I'm like, but that's not what I ever meant by it. And it's, never what I will mean by it, but I real I shifted my mindset that it's not about me and my story and my struggle. It's relating my struggle and my story to whatever the hell you're going through too. Like we all go through it. And the more that I got really real and vulnerable, it's like, it was, I was almost like a hypocrite. It's like, I want people to sit here and be vulnerable and share their story. But it was like, I wasn't doing that myself at first. Like I had like a little blurb on our website, but it's like, ah, I do need to like therapeutic for me too to put together like a founder video of like what yeah. I went through that is when the, the shift really happened is when I started to get feedback then from it like a dm or an email or oh my gosh like my daughter is was suicidal and I just bought one of your necklaces I mean that is like you, you know what I mean that is when it's like whoa this it, story sharing is so freaking incredible so if you ever feel like nobody wants to hear and it's what was it's not it's like some, you you empower others with your story and it's funny when i started my site i needed stories because when you buy a link you get like a story so of course i went around my own links and i was like okay brooke went through 
her brother, she lost her brother to cancer. Angie's dad passed away. I went to them. I'm like, Hey, I need, you're my friend. So you're going to do me a favor here. I need stories to start off with on my blog. I need like 10, you know, like, I don't want to do this. I'm like, please. Like I, I really need it. And they all came back and thought they were doing me like a chore. You know what I mean? It was a chore for them. They all came back. They're like, I cannot believe how therapeutic that was. Like, I thought I was doing you a favor and you know what I mean? You did me the favor because I also, it's like a two-sided sword. You know what I mean? It's like, whoa, like I went, I couldn't, writing it down, I was like, I cannot believe like how strong I am that I are, that I went through that. I like forgot, it was kind of like blackout, you know what I mean? When you're going through a really hard time sometimes and when you write it down, it's like, Mm -hmm. whoa, that's me. Like I went through that and I got through that. And so I think, you know, story sharing isn't just about, you know, receiving it sometimes it's giving it as well. And I've seen that happen through, you know, obviously my story, which took me a minute to, to do that. But then the feedback that you start to receive from both the giver and the receiver. And I'm sure there's people that we touch that will never know because they're private. So, and that's okay. But whenever I do like a fundraiser or an event and somebody comes up and tells me one little, I was like, mm-hmm. now I used to be like, let me get a ton of sales. And now I'm like, let me just touch someone today. And the trajectory has totally shifted of that event. Like, and I always have one person at least come up to me and like, I love what you're doing. And I'm like, thanks, because I am doing this to, to touch lives, you know? It is powerful and it is more than just about you. Right. I mean, one of the things that we focus on is we help people take their waste and turn it into wealth. We help them take their trash from their past and turn it into the treasures in their life and understand where and how we can move through this. You know, I have a highly unique story in the fact that I don't remember if you and I've even talked about this, but my arm was severed from my body, reattached 24 surgeries. Right. And, and, and for a very long time, it was interesting because I would tell this story and I didn't have enough experience understanding all of the depths of it. But so many people would immediately turn and then minimize their own story because the perceived trauma wasn't as bad as my physical injury. And I genuinely believe that regardless of the extremities of our stories, it's truly, again, about those lessons. But in communicating them, suffering comes in four places. Things that are left unsaid, things we lack permission to feel or say, the things we lack the words to articulate or understand, or the things that are left undone. So every time we tell our stories, we are giving people permission to feel and say things that they may not have otherwise. And we're giving them words to articulate and understand unique situations about themselves that might not have been gathered or gained without hearing it through a third party story. The number of times I have people come up to me and they're like, oh, my gosh, I felt like you were talking directly to me. me. Like your story is my story. And I'm like, yeah, all of our stories are each other's stories because the human experience is not that far apart. What were the key elements in storytelling that you deemed to be most important to be able to connect to the human experience and allow people to see themselves in your story? My boss actually comes to me an example. I don't, I think that when you don't share, you think you're the only one going through something. You know what I mean? Like my boss is like jacked and, and I mean, frat guy, like exactly what you're probably visualizing, like nothing ever is wrong, perfect marriage, perfect life, two perfect children. And, the, and I was like that when I started. And the more that I brought my guard down, I feel like I made him feel more normal. Do you know what I mean? It was like, you don't have to be like this perfect mold. Yes. You know what I mean? Like yes. I, he was like, all of a sudden he would like creep in and be like, yeah, well, my therapist said, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm mean? like? You're that's normal. <laughs> like if you want to go to therapy, that's great. Like, 
but it was almost like I feel like giving people that sense of normalcy where I feel like the old normal was an Instagram highlight, uh, you know, your white kitchen with your perfect children and like your perfect house and your perfect lighting. It's like, that's not real. That's not normal. Like my house is messed up for my kids. You know what I mean? Like I just, Ours is destroyed. You know, it's, it's like, that's <laughs> normal. Like the, you know, so it's just, for me, it's like helping other people bring out that the normalcy of, and it's not being a pessimist by any way, shape or form. I'm an optimist. I literally look at everything in the best light possible. It's about being real. And I think that that's what another, other people, maybe I did it actually with my own story. Like I don't want to come off across as negative because it's very raw. You know what I meant through? It's like my father died and I broke off an engagement, but it's not about shining it in this negative light. It's about like, okay, I went through a shitty time. And if you're going through a shitty time, you can come, I mean, I'm remarried. I have a stepdaughter. I have a son. Like you can come out on the other side. Like, I feel like, I don't know for me, it's, I know I'm rambling on here, but it's about helping others with their feeling normal about whatever it is you're going through. You're not rambling on, you're just speaking more truth. And I couldn't agree with you more. I think it's these conversations that need to be normalized more in society. That's kind of the purpose of this show, yeah. frankly, yeah. is to be able to tell those stories behind the highlight reel, yeah. right? We love to feature people, their businesses, the impact that they're currently making. But to your point exactly, I believe that people want to do business and support those that they know who the person is, 100%. that they can see authenticity, they can see congruence, they can see alignment, they can see truth, they can see vulnerability, they can see authenticity. And you obviously really lean into that. So no ramble. All like value. I see the armor that's how now. I, I guess that's it. what I like. It's like I see the armor. We were talking about armor earlier, and I had it on. It's like I feel like that's my unique gift too. Is like I see your armor. Let's like chisel it down a little Bingo. bit because I see what's underneath there. You know what I mean? So it's like I have I I, I want to help you chisel down your armor and get to your vulnerable self. Like that's also a part of my purpose. I think that's one of my unique gifts as well. As I see people's pain, I also see their potential and I also see where they're protecting yeah. themselves. Right. Yep. So the factor of all of that allows me to feel and navigate those conversations. Do you feel like you always had that ability? Yes. And and if so, how did you start to hone that ability and how do you apply it today? Yes. I used to call my friends would always be like, you're like a psychic. And like, now it's, it's intuition. You know what I mean? I feel like I have a lot of flaws, but my, my unique gift is that I'm super, I can read a room. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm very mm -hmm. intuitive and I feel other people's pain and my gift though. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they don't see it. And this is where it comes into like a weakness. I almost take on other people's pain as my own, like a friend who was going through a divorce. It's like, I see you in this beautiful light and I see your next chapter. Why don't you, you know what I mean? But it's like, I just lean in on that intuition um, and trying to help other people find the light that I see them in, you know? And I do that with my friends. It's like, mm -hmm. I, I see this, if, if life's a book, you're in the shitty chapter, like the page, you know what I mean? You're stuck. I, but I see the whole book, like let's turn the page and get, there's a good chapter on the other side. And I know I have a friend, a friend that lost a child. Like I, I'm not downplaying that people go through really shitty chapters, but I want to help you see that through my intuition. I see your next page and I see where you're going and, and the abilities that you have. And it's like, oh, I'm older and I wanted yeah. another kid. It's like, well, you're not doing anything, just staying in this stuck place, you know, like let's move. I see where you could be like, you can have that other kid. You can 
move on and find somebody else that will love you. You know what I mean? So it's just leaning into that intuition and trying to make other people see their light again. Would you identify as an empath? A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I can feel and sense that completely with you. And even the way you talk about your intuition, uh, I, I also identify with the concept of taking on other people's yeah. pain. And, you know, our daughter, we've got a, we've got an eight year old redhead, blue eyed, Aww. just little unicorn. And she, she has more natural, empathetic and intuitive abilities from an emotional intelligence perspective than most adults. Yeah. It's a really beautiful thing to watch, but, but it was something that we all had to navigate and learn. You know, when you take on someone else's pain, you're literally absorbing other people's energy and carrying it I as your own in some cases. Lot. And so I'd love to know when you started to identify that you were a absorbing and taking on other people's pain and what is your process of identifying what's yours and what's not yours so that you can allow the other pieces to flow through you instead of continuing to pile yeah. on so I, I hope gosh i hope she doesn't listen to this but it was my it was my friend's divorce that ate me alive i think almost as much as it ate her alive because it was like she was still she's talking so negative about herself and i and you know I mean, he had like girl a new girlfriends and she was still stuck in this you know what I mean? He's moved on. Let's move on. It ate me alive. And my husband was like, Jenna, you have to get comfortable with doing, give the advice. You know what I mean? Like, cause she come to me advice. I never pry. You know what I mean? I'm not one to be like, here's what you should do. It's like when somebody opens the door, I'm gonna, you know what I mean? Give me, give you my feedback. That's when I was right. I was losing sleep over it. And my husband's like, all you can do is give, answer her questions, but it is her life. You know what I mean? Give her the advice and you know, and it's cause she's asking for it. And then you need to like move on and just realize that when, and it's all in time and now she has is divorced, but it took like five years, you know? And, and, and I, I think that situation is what, and it's hard to do. I still get overly involved, but it's like, Jenna is just telling myself like, Jenna, ask them the advice, give them the advice that you would tell them. And then you need to move on because it's like, it's making you sick, taking on other people's pain. And I, it, that's why I say my, it's my biggest gift, but it's my biggest weakness, but yeah. I'm continually working on it. So I just try to do my best with like, I, I never check out. It's like, Hey, call me if you need anything, but I'm now I'm going to be just more open ears, not an open mouth all the time because you're, I already told you what to yeah. do and we'll leave it at that where I used to like, yeah. you know, overly like tell, keep telling. It's like, all right, I said it once there's, I'll, I'll call you. You can call me anytime. I'll listen. But I already told you my thoughts. What do you think now? I already told you my, I already told you what I think. So you have to just figure it yeah. out on your own now, you know? Where are you still protecting yourself and armored? Oh boy. Uh, a lot of places. I'm sure. Um, if, I'd say if I'm armored, I'm like, you're chiseling me down. There's like heavy pieces over here. And then I'm like raw over here. <laughs> um, I think like uh, being successful and like feeling like I can never, here's the thing. I have a business and I'm about being, helping people be their best. Some days I feel like a hypocrite cause I'm not my best. You know what I mean? It's like, and I was telling my husband this last week, I'm like, I'm lonely. Like I work from home and I have an e-commerce business where I work from home. I work with like, I have virtual assistants and stuff. But do you think I'm a hypocrite? Like I have a business and our mission is to find strength by linking with others here I am like alone today, you know? And it's like, I think my armor is feeling like I'm a hypocrite in that sense, but like 
I always have to be strong. You know what I mean? I always have to be yeah. a game, Jenna. And it's, and I went through that last week. I'm like, I'm just tired. We went through a hard time a couple months ago. I lost a child, but like I had a miscarriage and it was like, I got to get back. I, I, Jenna found no rest again. Do you know what I mean? It was like, that's, it's okay. My friend's like, Jenna, you don't have to go back to the gym and hit it seven days a week and be on these back-to-back calls all day. And you know what? Take a, take a breath. I don't, I'm not good at that. I feel like I have to be a game 24 seven smile on my face. Well, what you're highlighting too is the power of cellular yeah. memory. I mean, you lived 30 years of your life in a highly armored, highly protective state, right. and you've been unwinding and putting yourself into new positions, teaching the concept of connection. Yet what you just outlined, and thank you so much for your honesty, is something that so many entrepreneurs particularly in this e-commerce digital marketing space where we seemingly have people all around us, yet we can still operate in many cases in a home office most days without seeing anybody else, right? right? Other than the teams that we're working with. And so your ability to to just go there and quickly identify it is, is powerful. Yeah. I would love to explore with you a little bit around this concept of imposter syndrome Mm -hmm right? Why do you believe that you are an imposter in the ways that you will allow yourself to give yourself grace? Uh, I've always been the strong one in my family. My sister was very like, I I play psychologist with myself. I feel like in another life I would have been a psychologist because I just love it. But I feel like I was always the hard shell. I was always the the strong one that people mm-hmm. went to. I'm always the advice giver. I'm the and I love that, you know, and I and I feel like I'm always the one that people call when something's wrong. I feel like I can just never be that hurt, you know what I mean? I, I can never feel like I can have a down day ever. So I know that's not true, and but I need it like a friend to slap me in the face with it sometimes if that makes sense. But yeah. it's like I and my armor's up, you know what I mean? To take it off. I guess in this case now I take it on, I put it on, I take it off, put it back on. But I, I don't know. I think that that would be like my main reason is that I've always been the strong one. And I've always got like our family, my mommy, like you're stubborn. You're always been the unique, stubborn one, middle, middle child, the naughty child. But I think, I, I think that I would say that that's why I don't know. Yeah. I, I identify with that. You know, I'm, I'm in a place now where I recognize that true strength actually hides behind vulnerability. And I know intellectually you understand that well. You also emotionally understand that well. Who do you go to for strength? Uh, That's funny that you say that. It depends on what strength I need. Like if I'm needing like family strength, like our our personal struggle we went through, my sister, she, you know what I mean? She's like Mm -hmm. a wonderful mother. If I'm needing, like I do this even with my business, like, oh gosh, I suck today. Like my printer broke, you know? then I'm going to like my friend that's an entrepreneur. So I think I have like my, my people in my head that I go to for different situations. I guess it's the type of strength that I'm looking for. My number, my best friend, overall, I'd say my best friend and then my sister, but I'm not going to my sister when I, I'm feeling like a, on a bad entrepreneur day, you know, I'm going to somebody else. So it just depends on what type of strength I need. My, my poor husband, oh my gosh, he's like, he's my vent, you know, and I am a venter because I'm an extrovert. I talk to think, but, um, I guess what type on a day to day would be my husband, but for different scenarios, it would be different people. 
it's beautiful that you're aware of yeah. that, that you actually can connect and understand to that. And I think that all of us are like that if we're aware of it and intentional with who we're going to. I mean, I have had multiple coaches at any given time in my life, multiple guides, friends, people that I'm not compensating to be able to help us with it. It's funny, though, I had to, uh, to bring my daughter back into this just because I thought it was hilarious. The other day, she it was like about a week ago, she had her first day of school again. And uh, <laughs> she said that I'm her power guy. <laughs> and I was like, what does that mean? And she goes, well, you know, mom is mom is like my emotion person, but you're oh, my power That's guy. Awesome. Right. And, and I've and, and I was like, what does that even mean? She's like, like, you get me through anything. Aww. She's like, it doesn't matter what it is, the difficulty, the struggle. Like, she's like, when I need to borrow strength, I come to you for that. When I need squishy and love and loveies, like mom's my lover. And I was like, okay. And that doesn't mean that I don't, that doesn't mean that I don't love her. Right. And that she doesn't have that connection with me, but even her to be able to identify the difference in relationships at the age that she is, we feel really blessed. You talk about coming from a family of creatives. And I can give some examples, but I know you will um, help me understand what a family of creatives looks like. Yeah. And have you always attached to creativity yourself? And if so, how? Yeah, I've always been like an odd creative, like um, so. And an odd yeah, creative. So I'll give you a couple examples. You're gonna like what? A, what are okay. you weirdo? My grandmother, actually, her grandparents used to do Macy's Day. And I didn't realize this actually until later, but she used to do like, that's where my creative side came from. Uh, she, her grandparents did, I'm sorry, her parents. So my great grandparents did the Macy's day parade balloons. And, uh, they had, he did a lot of stuff with Salvador Dali. I think they got in a fight actually about how the mermaid tail should be. He wanted them closed. They wanted them open anyways. That, and now I'm like, Oh, that's where my creative came. And then my grandmother had a, a bead shop and we would be like, mm. She, oh my gosh, grandma, she said it's so weird. But now I like, I almost have my own weird jewelry business, but she would make the oddest charms out of like fluff mud that you can find in like the beach. And we'd always go in there and have a hay on her funeral. God bless her. We all wore like a piece of her like crazy jewelry, but she had a bead shop. And then, um, when I was little, like I've done a lot of soul searching. I'm like, Oh, I was happiest, like coloring. And, uh, when I say like odd creative, like I remember I would go, um, we, this is before like nail stickers were around. I yeah. was like, Oh my gosh, you guys, if you go to get like these us magazines or whatever, and you get little like logos and like little images, you can stick them on your nail and put clear nail polish over it. It's like this cool sticker. So I was probably in middle school and I had all five spice girls on my hands. Like I was, That's yeah, awesome. like I was all, and then I realized I could stick like, but go to the beach. And Tell me what yes, I want. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> Sorry, I just had to bust oh, into a song. <laughs> but so that's, I was always very, that's when I was my happiest is like creating. And I think because my brain is like, go, 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 go 24 seven. It was the one thing that like zoned me in. And like, you know what I mean? It got rid of all the other distractions mm -hmm. for me, but I, my favorite memories with my dad are like coloring in front of the TV. So, um, I've always been a, a do you have a favorite Spice Girl? And if I so, I don't who? actually. I don't even remember like half of their names, but I just love that they. Do you remember any of the songs? Uh, uh, if you wanna be my lover, wait, that's Spice Girls, right? Yeah, <laughs> that a girl. I love it. I love it. I'm so happy you went there. I was there. like, I really that's hope amazing. I'm the Spice Girls, but oh yeah, I loved all that those songs and stuff. So I've been middle-ish high school when Spice Girls were were hot. But yeah, I've always been a a creative, and I think it just kind of tuned me into zone me in to like get rid of all the other noise that was always happening, you know? 
And you talked about it through the lens of your childhood. Mm Lots of people have creativity in childhood and then it seems to evaporate or gets beaten out of them in some period of their life. Uh, How was creativity a part of your path or was it? And did it evolve or change over the course of your life? It always does. And I forget forget the statistics on this, but it's like, I'm not even going to name them, but it's kids are known to be like extremely creative. And then it always tapers off because it's like, I don't know, like the world gets that, that's dumb or this is stupid and people get involved. But when mm-hmm. like, I look at it now, even in my son, he's like, mama, I did this. And I, I'm, and they're so proud. And it's like, nothing holds back a child. It's same with me. And then as you get older, all of those other outside voices come in and I don't do that. And I don't like that color. And I don't like this definitely happened with me. I mean, I gave, you know, as I got older, I'm not saying like the nail thing, people I could give two shits with these. They didn't like my nails or whatever. But I think that it, I got a I got away from that creativity probably as voices crept in and didn't even realize it. But, um, I have to look up that stat, but yeah, look, kids are, I was, I was actually scrambling to look one up myself because I just came across some ins- like insane stats on a longitudinal study that they did that showed the progression at age ranges of creativity with individuals. And I'm sure it's the same reference that you had. I don't have it in front of me, but what was fascinating is it was, I'm, I'm going to butcher the numbers, but it was well in excess of 80 to 90% of people identified as and actually met the creativity marks through age five. It dropped down to somewhere between 50 and 75% uh, between the ages of five and maybe 15. And then later on with adults, only less than 2% of adults identify or actually meet the criteria being considered creative anymore. And so to your point, I think it's all of those narratives of the world that continue to beat it out of us. In fact, I didn't believe I was creative for a long time, even though I'm highly right. creative. I just didn't have the outlet, the understanding, the expression of it. Clearly, your work today is an expression of your creativity. Mm-hmm. How did you start to use the links to create jewelry? And what's the variety of creative options that exist within the way that you're linking people together today? Yeah. So, and I'll, and I'll tell you about people getting in my head because the, so I'll just jump there now. So the first person, but I knew, so I didn't tell anybody about my business for a year. Because, well, that's a lie. I told one person, I was like, here's what I want to do. I saw the vision. They did not like a chain around. I'm like, no, it's just like one charm. And then it was like, yeah, that's not really going to work. I'm like, you know what? Zip it. And I would tell any entrepreneur this, if you, if you're starting something, get so comfortable and confident on what you're doing before you share it. Because I was ready to then handle rejection. I wasn't because everybody's going to tell you you're crazy, by the way. I know one person. I was like, all right, you know, this is going to work. You believe in it. You see the end goal, which wasn't the end result. They did not. So zip it, get so freaking comfortable with it that when somebody says, I hate this, you're going to tell them you're not for me. Not, you know what I mean? Not like, oh, that, you know, and that's what happens. So the first influencer I reached out to, I was like, hey, so you speak about mental health and I think you'd be great for my jewelry business. And it was like, I forget exactly what she said. I deleted it because I like reread it like 10 times. Like, oh no. And it was like, interesting. Props you for like trying something like that. But you're never going to be able to make a difference with jewelry inspired by a broken bike chain. 
And I cried. I did cry. I'm not going to say that it didn't sting. And then the next day I'm like, what did you tell your, I like talk to myself almost in like third person. Like I put myself out of my shoes. Like, what would you tell your friend? And I would tell my friend, she's not for you. You know what I mean? Like, she's just not for you. So jumping back to your original question is when we started, when you, interesting fact, when you break apart a bike chain, I could see mine on, um, if you're listening, you can't Mm -hmm. see, but when you break apart a bike chain, it's connected by a double and a flat so when you break it yep. apart, it's like a flat, a double, a flat, a double. So I use both pieces of the chain and I made so many freaking mistakes. It was plated with nickel. I didn't know that at the time. My friend would wear it. It's like, it's itchy. So I had to rework the metals and I made a lot of mistakes. But um, that's how we originally started were those two styles. And those are like my favorite, obviously. They're the core of what we do. But I've since expanded to other styles um, but everything we make has a, a link on it worn again, as a reminder, you're not alone. So like we, ha- I do like beaded bracelets now and I take, take the link and I turn it into a bead, but that is like the core of how we started. But everything we make is now waterproof and hypoallergenic. And I converted it from like an industrial product to more of a jewelry product, which was quite the, the hurdle. Um, but I did it, oh, you yeah. know, so that's really how we started. And my, what I'm focusing now with ads, I used to I do Facebook ads and I used to just like do ads for anything. And I'm like, I have a business coach and she's like, why did you start this? I'm like, I started this to like, enjoy it again. Go back to yeah. your traditional two links. So that's what I do now. And it's working, you know, it's, it's not for everybody and that's okay. But it's like, I love it. Her price points low and it layers to me with a million other things. And, um, gift. We're definitely the gift market as well. People buy our stuff as like, I always say, we don't even really compete with jewelry. In my opinion, we compete with flowers. You know, we compete with something you would get somebody through a, a tough time. Yeah. You're not perishable. You're not going to expire. These are going to last forever. So I think that's, what's really beautiful about it. I, are the links repurposed used chains? Yeah. Do you actually purchase bicycle yeah. chains new yeah. or used? Yeah. Like, talk to us about the process yeah, of yeah, yeah. taking it from an industrial product to jewelry. Okay. I'm actually a little bit fascinated with the science and the process. Yeah. Of that. So back in the day when I started, when I was telling my friends, here's what I want to do. Like, what? Uh, you're, you're crazy. You know? So I was like, all right, just work on it and figure out a prototype on your own first. And I would go around to, I live in Columbus, Ohio to all the bicycle stores and I found the tool. Oh, they thought it was crazy. I'm sure I'm like, do you have any broken bike chains here? They'd be like, yeah, right. what are you using it for? I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to fix, you know, and then I just never said anything. I'm like, I'm trying to fix some stuff. And I would sit in my living room and break it down with this tool one by one by one. I know exactly what tool you're talking you about know? too. I used to and cycle, then I'm like, so, okay, yeah. I loved it. And then I'm sitting there with like degreaser, like, you know, and that's how my first prototype started. And then I'm real, and then I realized, all right, this is for the birds, <laughs> you know? Then I found a, man, <laughs> a bike chain manufacturer that would do okay. it. So it was, I would sit, I, for again, I say it took a year and a half because I would test, I tested a lot. I would put this chain or the link in bleach and rubbing alcohol. And then we'd put it on the skin and it would turn like weird colors. And it was like, it was just the type of industrial steel it was. So then I used my resources and met with this guy. I found a guy in Columbus that knew metals. It was so funny too. We'd go to lunch and they'd bring him the tab. I'm like, I got it. Cause he would, I teach me stuff. So he'd coach me and I'd take him to lunch to teach me about metals. And he was like, told me exactly what type of metal to use. You want 316, uh, 316 L stainless steel. 
because it's this, actually more people are actually allergic to, uh, I think it's sterling silver than, than this. This will last you forever. You need it PVD plated, which is like vacuum plated. So it's like our gold. You, I've worn this for five years and it will lightly, lightly fade over years. But I'm like, I'm also not, you know what I mean? I mean, for a $42 price point, it's high, high yeah. quality jewelry. But I've taken a lot of different steps. But it started from first bike chain broken down from the actual bike stores for free, degreasing to now manufacturing with a different type of metal that um, from like a bike chain manufacturer, they just use the, a different type of metal now. What does the future of uh, Link Before You Sync look like? You know, I was just thinking that the other day. I'm always going to sell my traditional links. Um, I would love to take something with the stories. You know what I mean? Like I don't like now they're like mm. I have a blog or whatever. I'm like. I'm just like motivational calendar, not that, but something to do with the stories, a card deck or something to like give with the stories. I think we'll link in other ways in the future. It hasn't, you know, I was telling my husband this last week, I'm like, it'll spin maybe in different directions. I would love to have like partner with, we're not mental health professionals. And I put that everywhere, like seeking, you know, social connection is important with, you know, professional help. I would love to partner with professionals someday. Like I do a lot with fundraisers and benefits and give back, but I guess the answer is I don't really know, but I would love to more focus in on the, the verb of linking and the story sharing and the therapy portion as well as the jewelry. Yeah. I mean, I, obviously that's where the depth is going to come from beyond just, you know, the links that come to play. Yeah. I love the vision, even though it's not clear yeah. yet. Um, what is your legacy going to be? I, you know, it used to be, I forget that quote. It's like, you might not, gosh, I wish it was like, I used to try to touch everyone. And there's a quote that I can't freaking think of, but it's like, if you, you might not change the world for everyone, but if you, you might change the world for one person, you see where I'm going with the quote. Yep. I know, you I know the, the quote. quote you're talking okay. About. Yep. Uh, that is now my different goal because again, knowing what we already talked about in my z go, 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 go and zero weakness. It's not realistic. I'm one person. I'm never making my friends always. They're like, do you really think you're going to touch everyone with this? No, I'm not. It's now it's, I really want to change the world for I say that at an event, like one of, let me touch one person today. So I think my legacy is leaving this place. I mean, there's a lot of darkness in our world better than I found it and touching people to see their unique gifts and their own light along the way. And I get that a lot. Like, Oh, I don't have a unique gift. I'm not saying you're going to create a jewelry creative. As you know, like you're not sitting there making jewelry. You're creative. Everybody has a unique gift. You might just not have found it yet, but you have one. You know, so it's just yeah. touching people and making them better before I die. And I just want to leave this place a little bit brighter than it was when I, when I got here. And I just don't understand. I feel better that way. You know what I'm saying? I think we talked about this. I can't remember if we were on or off air, but I used to crush it in sales and make so much money and it was great, but it was like, there was this emptiness inside of me. As soon as I yeah. started like giving back. And I'm not just talking about writing checks. It's sure we do that and we do benefits and stuff. But as soon as I started, even I say story sharing is another way we give, we give others the gift of hope. It was like this, it filled this hole in me. You know what I mean? That I didn't even realize was missing. So 
I, whenever people yeah. are in like a dark time in their life, I'm like volunteer. Cause you usually receive what you, what you give. You know what I mean? It's like how energy works. Perspective always points us at what's important. Yeah. yeah perspective always points us at what's important. And, and my wife and I've had a philosophy on giving until it hurts since the time we've been yeah. together. Meaning we don't just give when we have abundance and extra, we, we give to anything. the point that we feel it regardless of the amount that yeah. we have. It's, it right? doesn't have to be um, money. It could be, right. It could be. No, volunteer. that's what I mean. Time, energy, yes. resources, connections. It give can back. be a variety of things. And we used to give abundantly in volunteering before we had yeah. money. And then we gave abundantly in money once we had yeah. money. But that doesn't mean that our time or our resources or our connections were less. And I really appreciate the, the wanting to just leave the world a better place and to get people to walk out of the darkness and into the light. There's no doubt that you are a shining light in this world. Um, and you're somebody that I'm sure we're going to create some collective impact with over these periods of time because we're on a mission to impact a billion lives, but I won't touch them all. They're not all going to be clients of us. 99% of them aren't going to pay us a dollar. It happens through the connections, through the links, through the people that we're doing this with. Yep. What would you say is your biggest problem in life or business at this time? Loneliness. What we already talked about. I'm an extreme extrovert. I find... Um, energy and others. And I, and I know I'll have that. I'm like, I want a co-working space someday or whatever, but I say that's my hardest part is being, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a solo entrepreneur because I have virtual assistants and stuff as well, but I would love a team. I miss the team environment. So that's definitely my, my hardest part, but I feel like I've done really good with letting the negative get out of me. Like I had somebody last week say, do you really think you're going to touch a lot of people with this bug changery? And I was in my answer used to be like be wavering. And now it's like, yeah, Yes, I do. Yeah. That's my answer. Now, yes, I do. <laughs> yes. Might not be you, but yes, I do think that I'm going to touch people. And I believe that now. Yeah, I can feel that, by the way. I, you know, there's moments where, you know, I can tell in your your language, your tone, your energy, right? There there might be moments of holdback, moments of trepidation in, in your words, but I feel every bit yeah. of that. The belief, the conviction, the impact is inevitable through you. Um, I believe you had a pretty generous offer for our audience as well. You'd come up with a coupon code. I'd love to know uh, and have you share where can they find you? How can they support you? How do they get the opportunity to link with you and with each other through what you're doing? Yep. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So I always say I sell a product, but I also have a free blog. You can go on there and share your story. Uh, to link with others. And what we already talked about, you never know the gift that you might be given yourself as well to share a story. So our website is linkbeforeyousink.com. At the top, you can see like our blog and share your story, et cetera. Um, our Instagram is at linkbeforeyousink and it's like a kitchen sink, S-I-N-K. And then our Facebook, you're not going to believe it, but it's link before you sink. So you can find us pretty <laughs> easily, linkbeforeyousink.com, linkbeforeyousink is our social. And then um, the promo code for anybody that does want to purchase a link would be the lid 25. And I will actually set that up. Yeah, I, I had that on my list to set that up, but I'll set this up as soon as we, we get off the podcast. If anybody wants to go get a link, I, I, I want to make sure that I get that code. Cause I think we had a different code in our notes. You the, said the, the lid, lid 25, the lid 25. Perfect. Yes. All right. I've got that. So that'll be in our show notes along with the other links. Um, I've got a couple more questions for you, but as we're wrapping up here, I love how everything comes full circle and you talked about your grandma and her bead shop, but we didn't really talk about what you're doing with some of those beads still today. I'd love for you to talk about the legacy that you're carrying on through your grandma. And can you also describe for us how you select which pieces 
actually get a little touch of her. Yeah, so that's awesome. So she had some crazy stuff, as I already told you, but she has some really nice beads. A lot of my beaded bracelets, I'll use like a pearl here or there or something. It just comes to me. Like I don't put a lot of like, this is going to be grandma style. It's like somebody will be like, hey, I'm looking for like a school bracelet for this fundraiser. And it's like a design something up sometimes once, sometimes five times. And it's like, Grandma's bee just found her way into this bracelet. It just kind of comes to me. But what's funny about that, when you say things come full circle, Grandma lived in Erie, Pennsylvania, and she would order a lot of her stuff um, online. And I was looking through some of her beads the other day, and it made me, like, smile, and I shed a little tear. But I'm like, because I, I live in Columbus. I've lived in Columbus. Now my th immediate family's not from Columbus. We're from about five hours away. And I was looking at her beads, and it was it said, like, North High Street, Columbus, Ohio, which was right down the street. I'm like, oh my, grandma used to order her beads literally right down the street online. So I thought that that was pretty special as well. And a little wink from little the wink universe. A little wink from the sure. universe. I mean, like, I'm proud of you. You yeah. know what I mean? That's exactly what it was. Like, how funny you're using beads from right down the street that I used to get online. I know she's probably never been inside that bead shop, but it's just funny how things do come full circle. It, it, you know, and I don't believe in coincidence anymore. Me it's, uh, it's amazing how many connections actually exist if we're paying attention. Do you have a closing thought you'd like to leave our audience with? I always leave. I say, here, I know we beat it to death, or I've probably beat it to death. Find your unique gift. You have one. And I feel like that when you're in this. By the way, you can't beat that message to death. Keep beating that, that drum. Find your unique <laughs> gift. We have one. You have one. I know you have one. It's just finding that and you won't find it staying stagnant. You know what I mean? You have to just put life. It's tough and it's hard for me too. And I have down days and that's okay, but just keep, let's look at life again as a chapter book. Even if you're in the bad chapter, let's keep putting one foot in front of the other, doing the best that you can every day. And I do believe you will find your gift. You just have to keep working on it and be ready to receive it either. Because when you're living in this, mm -hmm stuck place and not doing anything like my friend in the divorce, you know what I mean? It's like no door is going to open for you either. You have to be ready to receive. So just keep waking up, putting one foot in front of the other, but embrace those unique gifts too. not just find it, but embrace them. Yeah. And don't let anybody tell you that that's not your gift. I guarantee if I came on here and was like, Hey Ryan, I'm going to start this business with these links. People would be like, what? You know, it's like, don't let anybody get in your head. Your unique gift is yours. Yeah, we're not beating that to death. We're going to beat that message to life because that's what we want people to do is to actually live. And I genuinely believe that all of us have the ability to not only take back our own pen to continue to write our own story when we've surrendered it to others, but we also have the choice to close any chapter we want and start writing a new one. And so as long as we're putting ourselves in a position to do that and we recognize that all is progress and, and, and growth, it's a part of life. Jenna, I'm so grateful that you were with us today and thank you so much for all that you shared and all that you flipped your lid on so that our audience can see, yeah, the dark exists, but that's the contrast in life because light also exists because of dark. Yeah. Life is full of peaks and valleys and learn to find beauty in both. And I always say lean on your links in life and you can, you can get through anything, but thank you so much for having me. It was, a, it was awesome. So thanks.
Beautiful. And for those of you who just watched Jenna flip her lid, we recognize that we can have creativity that can center and ground us, yet we can also have loss. We can have levels of protection. And so many of us have been determined to be the strong one in our families, which has caused us to not be able to glean strength from others. But if we get clear on the people we need to lean on strength with, the specificity and understanding with which we do that, then we are deeply linking ourselves to connect beyond whatever the surface will show. But what does it require? You to flip open your lid and scan your can. Keep digging.